This podcast is brought to you by the Toronto School of Management's NCA Exam Prep Program. The TSM NCA Prep Program offers internationally trained lawyers courses taught by practicing lawyers in Canada, expertly designed study guides, exclusive networking opportunities with top Canadian law firms, and employability sessions arming you with all the tools you need in order to hit the ground running in your pursuit to practicing law in Canada. To find out more about the program, you can email ncaprep at torontosom.ca. A Shot of Life, a podcast aimed at highlighting the personal journeys of professionals and entrepreneurs in Canada, taking a snapshot of the person behind the professional title. I'm your host, Anton Haswell, and this is episode eight of our National Committee on Accreditation Journeys series. Our eighth guest is Jawad Khadr. Jawad is an internationally trained lawyer with 12 plus years of experience as a multi-jurisdictional litigator, transactional lawyer, and law firm manager. He has litigated in over 1,000 cases and has a reported judgment from the Supreme Court of Bangladesh under his belt. He also represented clients in multi-million dollar structured financial deals, investments, and transactions. He is a non-practicing barrister in the UK and has represented clients in many cross-border and multi-jurisdictional matters spreading over diverse jurisdictions such as the UK, Singapore, India, Switzerland, and has worked with lawyers from around the world. He is presently pursuing requalification and a legal career in Toronto, Canada. He is a consultant in the Commercial Litigation Division of a Toronto-based law firm and is a director of Global Lawyers of Canada. Hi, Javad. Hi, Anton. Morning. Morning, yeah, on a Saturday morning. I really appreciate you taking the time to... uh, to talk to me and, and be on the podcast. Thank you for having me. More than happy to have you. Um, so with the, with the beginning of the podcast, always, I like to get um, into where you're from, um, a little bit about your motivations and, and why you chose to study law and, and where you studied law. Um, so if you, could, if you could let our listeners know a little bit more about yourself, that would be great. So I'm from Bangladesh and I'm new to Canada. I came in March of 2020, just as everything was going into lockdown. So the moment I stepped on Canadian soil, I I was effectively just locked into my house for a a good number of weeks, if not months. Um, And yes, so so before coming to Canada, I was a lawyer in Bangladesh. I had... Uh, I had been a, I had been practicing as a lawyer in Bangladesh since 2007. Mm-hmm. I it's it it's been uh, you know I I was an associate first at a at a firm and then I started my own firm. It was just a one man firm at the very beginning in 2009, and from that it grew and it became a multi partner law firm with about. Um, uh, 20 to 30 odd lawyers working with us, and I was uh, I was the managing partner of the firm uh, when I when I chose to leave the firm mm. in 2019. 
So um, in my practice, I was a litigator. I was also a transactional lawyer and obviously a law firm manager. In Bangladesh, the system is that you don't really specialize in either litigation or in documentation in, uh, mm-hmm. or, or in uh, transactional practice. We call it documentation back in Bangladesh. Mm-hmm. And um, it's, it's, it's a fused profession, unlike the United Kingdom and you know, what we, what we see here in Canada as well. But um, after being a lawyer in Bangladesh for this long, you know, it was a, it was a difficult transition. I won't lie about it. Um, yeah. After, and then I came back here and I was basically just um, a fish taken out of the pond mm. at first. But yes, I think, I think Canada has been great for me. You know, it's been a, it's, it's an amazing country. I love being here. Mm-hmm. And uh, I am seeing light at the end of the tunnel. That's great, Jawad. So, I mean, yeah, what a time to come to Canada to to move your life uh, to a different country in the in at the beginning of a global pandemic cannot be easy. <laughs> it's hard. It's hard for you. It must be hard for you to get a full se- a full sense of. Uh, of the country and of everything that you're capable of doing, given that everything was locked down when you first got here, that must have been tough. It well, everything in life, you know, you you have to negotiate with adversity in every stage of your life, wherever you go and in whatever you do. Mm. This was just a different set of adversities, but um, there are always opportunities in any adversity. Mm-hmm. So I basically tried to figure out what the opportunities are. And for me, the biggest, like the most glaring opportunity for me was online, right. specifically through LinkedIn. And I saw great networking opportunities there. In fact, when I first came here, I was not very focused on my NCAs. I was not very focused on qualifying as a lawyer. I had something that to me was more important in mind. In the sense that would I be able to fit into this legal profession here? Right. So, so the sort of factors that I considered was that um, will I be welcomed here? Will I be able to build a client base down the line here? Mm. Will I be able to understand the legalities here? Will my experience, the experience that I've worked so hard to gain for 12 and a half years, will that be evaluated at all? So these are the sort of questions that I considered myself, and I was not, um, I was completely open to doing something else, you know, like life throws you a curveball, you have to negotiate it as you go. So, um, but, so that's what led me to LinkedIn, because I wanted to socialize with lawyers and find out firsthand what the answers to these questions are. And I stumbled across many great network of lawyers and legal personalities and just contacts, you know, who's Mm. been immensely helpful Mm -hmm. and understanding and empathetic. And these all added to my experience. And I don't think I would have been able to network as effectively as I have been able to on LinkedIn had there not been a pandemic and I was just going out attending these seminars and, you know, like in the, in the 10 minutes after the seminars, you know, there would be like a small meeting right. and session, you know? Yeah, no, that's true. I, I've heard that as well, that um, in a weird way, the pandemic helps you get closer to understanding the legal profession in Canada because everybody's sort of plugged in and online now. So 
um, before the pandemic, I found like you could send somebody a LinkedIn message or an email and they may or may not get back to you um, because sure. they have other things they're doing, right? Um, but in this case, everybody was, you know, pretty much everybody was just in front of the computer working from home for a long period of time. So they had more direct access to to their inboxes and things like that. So yeah, that's great to, to learn. So I, I wanted to jump back a little bit um, you were obviously quite a successful lawyer in Bangladesh, you know, like you're saying 12 and a half years. I wonder what went into the decision for you to come to Canada in the first place? Well, my decision was quite a personal one, mm-hmm. but it was also informed by more objective considerations as well. Mm-hmm. My decision was that my wife was uh, pursuing a certain qualification in Canada for the last two years. And initially, her plan was to go back to Bangladesh right. and we would just resume our lives there. But then she fell ill and she contracted a deadly disease, essentially. Oh, no. So, so that's why I um, immediately took the decision to sort of stop my practice over there and come over to Canada. Right. However, um, there, there were other factors which pushed me to take, take the decision as fast as I did. Mm. The, you know, Canada is a brand globally. It is known for its inclusion, for its diversity, for, you know, like being how big hearted it is not only towards newcomers, but also towards, you know, the global citizenry as a whole. Right. Uh, it's, it's a great place to um, start a family. It's a great place to be. It's, uh, it's open. It's got fresh air. You know, you can just, I can just go on and on <laughs> about how, how lovely I find Canada. You know, I'm really lucky to be here. You know, like there's rule of law, something that is lacking in many other jurisdictions, mm-hmm. the um, law and order situation, the natural beauty, the choice, you know, like the, the fact that the country affords its citizenry to choose the type of life that they want to have right these are great you know like factors that led me to you know immediately jump up at the idea and i was also you know uh, on a personal level in bangladesh i felt like i had achieved what i set out to achieve and there was nothing further for me to sort of prove to anyone including myself right so I, wa- I was ready for a new challenge. I was ready to restart and go, like, take myself out um, of my comfort zone, essentially. Mm-hmm. So, so, so these factors all contributed towards me coming here and pursuing this life that I'm now living. Wow. Quite the journey. I mean, that's, it's, um, it's an interesting one and, and something I think getting out of your comfort zone um, is so important. I mean, I found that personally when when I decided to go abroad myself for law that, I mean, you can keep on the track that you're going and you can be reasonably comfortable, but I think um, you really grow as a person and a professional when you start to accomplish things that are outside of your comfort zone. And it sounds like you're well on your way to doing that. Um, how about the NCA, <laughs> the dreaded oh. NCA? Uh, you, um, you, had a very successful practice in Bangladesh and now you make the choice to come to, you know, Canada and, and start a new life and, and start basically fresh. You know, you're now you're all of a sudden in this pool of lawyers all from all over the world, some with no experience whatsoever. 
and you're submitting transcripts to the NCA as well as your, your professional experience. So what was that process like? Um, and how did you find out about the NCA and, and how did you navigate that world? Yeah, so um, when I took the decision to come to Canada in a literally sort of in a spur of the moment, mm. um, it was, you know, I had already taken the decision. So I basically needed to do what I could to requalify myself here and to, um, to, yeah, to restart my life as a lawyer, possibly if I could, you know. Mm-hmm. So um, the NCA process, you know, from I was in Bangladesh at the time when I looked up the NCA process and um, most of the information that I gained was from online. Right. And there was not a lot of information there. Um, I remember feeling extremely bewildered and confused and um, alone in the sense that I didn't know who to talk to who would be able to just you know in a conversation over a coffee or something tell me what the process entails in just a few short words perhaps but um, scrambling for that information um, led me to the Facebook groups Uh, there are certain NCA related Facebook groups um, that that I was uh, that I became a member of, but then I I learned that there is you know since since the subjects that are assigned to a candidate are unless you were assigned an LLM of course you know are are assigned on a self study basis mm. you know a lot of a lot of people opt to um, take the help of a tutor or a or an institution mm-hmm. so I think. You know, I, I was one of them. I took the help of a tutor and I, I thought that helped a lot. Um, but having said so, I did not, I was not informed enough at the time to do my due diligence in terms of the qualifications of the tutors or what sort of services they will be providing to me. Right. So... I, I could, like, in hindsight, I know that I could perhaps have been easily misled into choosing someone who would not be of as much help to me. Mm, yeah, I think um, you're hitting on something there, Jawad, that um, I've noticed myself. I mean, obviously, there are really great tutors out there that do really good work for internationally trained professionals, students, all kinds. Um, the problem with this space is that it's unregulated, right? Mm-hmm. So, so it being unregulated means that there's no minimum qualification in order to classify yourself as a tutor. Um, and so that being said, you can't, you have to do your due diligence, right? Uh, before you get started. And unfortunately, a lot of people don't really know that. Like they just kind of assume, okay, you're a tutor, you know, it's, you, you say this, so I must, I must believe it. But Anyway, I think um, there's a lot of um, opportunity to learn from really good tutors, institutions. Just, I think you're right, do your due diligence. And also, um, perhaps think, I don't know if you approached it this way. I guess you can tell me. um, Did you approach the NCA exams as something that you just focused on solely? Or were you focused on other things as well? Like you mentioned before, networking. Um, connecting with lawyers like uh, my view always is that too often people look at the NCA exams as 
the end all be all. Like it, it's sort of marketed to them that way too. Like if you want to be a lawyer in Canada, come to me, I'll help you pass the NCA exams. But really it's not that simple, right? And I wonder how did you navigate that? Like how was your experience in, in the NCA exam world? But also at the same time, did you have one eye on the future or how did you tackle that? So as I, as I touched upon briefly before, I had my eyes out very, very, like eyes widely out into mm-hmm. the future because, uh, you know, with, with the experience that I've gained, I know that, you know, qualifying as a lawyer will only be another starting point in itself. Mm-hmm. It is not the end of it. It is not the end of the process. It does not guarantee you a job. It does not guarantee me anything, essentially. It does, there's like nobody will come to me without me building myself up and working to build a practice for myself. Mm-hmm. So this is just a beginning. And um, for me, the NCA process, I, I actually first took my first set of exams in October of 2019. Mm-hmm. I was in Bangladesh at the time and I had to travel to New Delhi in India to sit for the exams. And um, it's it, it was like, it was a paper-based exam. And I, I remember that these are like my take on the NCA exams can sometimes be in contrast to what I hear from others. I think the NCA exams are not easy. Mm. They're difficult exams. They are not easy by any stretch of the word, at least as it means to me, because these are exams that ask questions that are of a different mold than what I was used to being asked in the UK, where I, where I got my LLB from, Cardiff mm. University. Right. Um, and I, I, it's, it's, these questions are meant to trick and trip the candidate mm. in the exam setting, and unless a candidate is very confident and thorough about the reading materials and is conceptually clear about the materials that have been assigned. I, I think there is a lot of scope for anyone to sort of uh, trip and fall in the exam setting, you know? Right. Yeah. So I, I found the same to be present in the paper-based exam as well as in the online exams that I that I sat for in August, you know, just literally a couple uh, a few weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Um, but NCA for me, you know, like when I sat for these exams, it was obviously, you know, it, it was going to be a little overwhelming. Any exams are any exam is overwhelming, surely, yeah. but that is not something that is to deter me. I just had to go through the motions and the emotions mm-hmm. to um, just sit for the exams and just get it done and dusted with. Yeah. Well, no, I think that's the right attitude. And uh, I think you're right. Like, you know, sometimes you do hear that all oh, the NCA exams are easy, but um, you know, like you, you got a law degree in the UK, so did I, and, and they are different. And it is important for people to understand that there's a specific um, sort of tried and tested and true exam technique that you're meant to employ when you're answering questions in the NCA exams. And just because it's open book doesn't necessarily mean that it's easy. It actually means that you need to have a pretty firm grasp of the materials um, in order to access them all from your notes and things like that. So I think that's really good advice for people to understand that. 
Um, Absolutely. And if yeah. I can just add sure. to that, yeah. you know, if, if um, just because the exam is open book, we actually get the idea that in the exam setting, we are going to be able to access information from our materials to answer the questions that are in front of us. Mm-hmm. That is not true. We do not have enough time in the exams to look into our materials in any, any, any sort of detail. Mm-hmm. The only thing that the, the, the materials that we carry with us will afford us to do is to literally just take a sneak peek and pick up from snippets of information or annotations that we have made in the form of marks to our uh, uh, markings in our notes and plug those in just as sort of bulleted um, memory points, you know? Yeah, no, I think that's Yeah, so at the end of the day, you know, like open book exams doesn't really help us with exams. That's what I found out. Yeah, well, and it it also kind of creates this expectation that um, you can't really afford to get things wrong. (laughs) You know, like, because it's open book, there's an expectation from the examiners that um, the case... The cases that you're referencing and things like that, you, you, there's no half marks there. You have to get that right. And so, I mean, what that takes is just a firm understanding. And so whether that comes from your confidence in yourself to do self-study from the syllabus, which a lot of people can do and do, um, but also um, picking that tutor like we talked about before or institution or LLM in order to make sure that um, you can grasp the materials properly so that when you get into that exam there's no worries or well at least there's always going to be worries but I guess less worries um and absolutely yeah so you um you're here in Canada you know you've you've completed NCA exams um have you given more thought to where you see yourself in the future I mean I'd love to talk to you about your role within Global Lawyers of Canada uh, in a bit. I think that's it's a really exciting one. And I mean, mm-hmm. I, can't, I can't get enough of them. <laughs> the, the organization itself is really great. Um, but um, what, what about you personally? Like, I assume that your affiliation with them means that you're going to really start, you're going to continue to pursue a career in law um, in Canada. So I wonder where you see yourself in the future and um, whether or not you you are giving any thought to working outside of the legal profession? I am not giving any thought to working outside of the legal profession at the moment. Mm-hmm. I think that um, the qualifications that I'm pursuing will enable me to um, get a firm foothold into the legal market. In fact, I'm, I'm already working towards achieving that. And um, I, I, you know, just there's, I love the law. Right. I, am a, I am a lawyer. I was born to be a lawyer, although I didn't realize it at the time when I decided to pursue law as a career, but I was born to be a lawyer. This is what stimulates me. This is what drives me. Mm-hmm. And I cannot imagine myself doing something uh, outside of the law on a, on a primary basis. Mm-hmm. So um, uh, one other thing that, you know, as I touched upon earlier, one other thing that helped me was the fact that the Canadian legal profession is, is very welcoming, provided that you have a can-do attitude and you have a can-help attitude. Right. 
these two these two um these two qualities go hand in hand in fact anywhere around the world this is not just in canada you know like if you are in an industry everyone is in an industry to work that is why it's called an industry mm-hmm. and when when it's uh when we are working as a collective everyone has something to offer and for for someone who doesn't have something to offer they will find uh it difficult to survive in that industry so um i think the mindset with which i have also networked so far in canada uh was you know like i i wanted to know how i can contribute and i wanted to and i wanted help from my mentors or from my peers in the profession about how they think i can contribute to an existing problem mm-hmm. so so instead of how they can help me sort of pull me up because you know nobody has the time for that you know had i been in their position i would not have 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 had the time for that mm-hmm. um so it's it's about identifying opportunities and identifying the strengths in 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 your own abilities um and and then sort of working out how you can what you can do to what you can do to solve that problem that you've identified right yeah it's like it's a bit of a reciprocal relationship in terms of you seeking help and advice but at the same time offering yourself um help and advice to others who maybe you know less uh i guess have have less of a a career behind them and in law so like you 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 were coming to canada not as um somebody who's let's say ignorant to the profession you're you're quite quite well established in bangladesh so you come to canada although it's a different some different laws you have experience in practicing and you have those those i guess uh, bumps and bruises that people do get when they start um their career in law and build a practice and things like that so there's certain things that you could offer from the outset that I I gather you did and I think it's a good segue into um your role within Global Lawyers of Canada and how you envision that organization continuing to do that good work for new internationally trained lawyers entering the market right thank you for that question um i i am now you know i've recently been elected into the ontario board as um a director and the head of the social media engagements for the ontario chapters of global lawyers of canada and i'm really grateful to be in this position um and i think what what um helped me to sort of gain the attention of the leadership in global lawyers of canada was the fact that i networked with them yeah if they, if they did not know me they would not have known my caliber and my quality and what i can offer to them so um global lawyers of canada is an amazing organization of internationally trained lawyers law students and 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 globally minded lawyers in canada mm-hmm. um it is it is a community by itself in fact to my knowledge this is the largest organization representing the collective interests of this particular community in canada and um till now in 2020 it's a fairly it's a fairly new organization in the sense that it was started in alberta by daniel low um in 2015 i believe yeah yeah and then you know it 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 basically gained 
a certain momentum in 2019. And in 2020, um, uh, it, during the pandemic, we started, a lot of our programs just went online. And uh, thus it became more easily accessible mm-hmm. to our community in general, as a result of which we gained a lot of traction with the community. And I believe that we've been able to help, you know, literally hundreds of internationally trained lawyers um, in, in finding some sort of a guidance to find a foothold in Canada or the Canadian legal system. Mm-hmm. But right now, I think, you know, the, the mindset with which I came into the organization, and I've discussed this with the board as well, is that um, I have, you know, back in my practice in Bangladesh, you know, I I had the opportunity to work in multi-jurisdictional files Mm. uh, and litigation matters. And I've always, you know, I've been involved in several very big of national importance, you know, like cross-border matters. So I have my roots plugged into sort of the ASEAN network, as well as to the International Bar Association uh, community. So um, I have I, I have that globally, uh, sort of that global view mm-hmm. of what's going on outside of Canada as well. So from, from this platform, I believe that we don't only, we won't only stop at um, helping new new coming uh, sort uh, or incoming lawyers to find a foothold and gain traction and find employment in Canada we are also going to start thinking about how we can help existing lawyers in Canada look outside its shores for right. opportunities and for networking you know like to be networked because yeah. Canada is a global brand but mm-hmm. we are a part of a larger legal community worldwide we just need to we just need to go out there and claim our spot, mm-hmm. essentially. So I want to be able to contribute um, in some measure towards that happening. Right. And uh, yeah, so. That's amazing. That's, that's really cool. Like I, I hadn't, it's always, I think it's, it's good. It's sort of um, interesting um, that for a long time, even when I went abroad, um, internationally trained lawyers were seen as second-class citizens in the legal community. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. that's changing, and obviously, the help of Global Lawyers of Canada, it's sort of um, allowing internationally trained lawyers to stand up straight and have their chest out in some ways. You know what I mean? Like we can be proud that yeah, you were trained internationally, and actually, we have something to offer the broader Canadian legal industry in that. Like you, you have a lot of experience in in cross border um, cross border matters, uh, and we can offer those insights to um, Canadian grads, for instance, who may not have the same experiences. So, in some ways, um, while it was forever, you know, internationally trained lawyers aren't, let's say. Um, educated to the standard of Canadian trained lawyers, that's obviously not the case, but also we may come, we internationally trained lawyers could come to the profession in Canada with a lot more to offer. And I think that's really interesting. Um, and I, I it's, yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, these are not just words, you know, these are not just empty words that are mm-hmm. often thrown around. These are, you know, like I can practically break it down to you just, just, just from the top of my head. Me having an international experience made me more culturally sensitive. 
me having an international experience made me more adept to uh, sort of adapting to to new legal systems. So, for example, when I worked, when I when I started work as a consultant in a Toronto-based law firm recently in the commercial litigation department, mm-hmm. I um, you know like it literally just took me um, one one hour to familiarize myself with the code of civil procedures here because coming from a common law background and working with other common law jurisdictions enabled me to know what ingredients there will be where mm-hmm. in, in the, for this legal system to be to operate and i was exactly right and you know like i was in fact when i was called to the interview and i need to share this when i was called mm-hmm. to the interview i was asked to provide a writing sample Right. And the writing sample had to be in the form of a factum or a motion record. Mm-hmm. I hadn't heard of a factum or a motion record in my life. You know, like these were, <laughs> yeah. these were, these were new terms to me. And in fact, you know, I, I immediately told my principal, yes, I'm definitely going to give it to you. But I had no idea <laughs> that what I was promising to. But um, what I did, but I knew that I had to just look into the right places to know what these are. And I had to also tap into my network and build a group of peers who can actually guide me towards making this, uh, towards actually like uh, preparing one for myself. So um, it was just a matter of a Google search. It was just a matter of me logging into my LexisNexis account that I was able to know that a factum is what we in our jurisdiction call a written argument. Mm-hmm. essentially and a motion record is, is is basically a motion application back in our jurisdiction so these are the moment i could sort of despite the sort of uh, the difference in the vernaculars you know like mm-hmm. you know the terminologies I, essentially they are the same thing yeah so i just prepared one and I took it to the interview and my principal said, yeah, that's exactly what I want you to do. You know, like when I just tell you that you need to do this, I want you, I want you to have the skill to adapt yourself and to know where to look, to find out by yourself yeah. what is needed. And then to just, just get it done for me without me supervising you too much. Mm-hmm. And that's something that I have gained through my experience as an international lawyer. So a lot of the international lawyers that I meet who, who are with me in the NCA process, um, I, I find them to, um, you know, like sort of leave their experiences back home when they step into Canada. Right. And that's something that they should not do because I feel like if, if you know, like the experience that we gain from our home jurisdictions is extremely valuable. Mm-hmm. And if we know how to tap into it, we can adapt, we can offer something new, we can offer other perspectives. You know, these are absolutely invaluable, um, you know, sort of, you know, resources for us to negotiate with what we are going to face moving forward. Right. That's right. Yeah, it's sort of um, not leaving your previous experience in education back home and trying to adapt and fall in line with the Canadian legal profession, but rather infusing what you've learned and the experiences you've gained abroad and bringing that in and adding it to the Canadian legal profession. I think that's what what ultimately makes you um, successful in this space as, Absolutely. A, as an internationally trained lawyer. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, I really appreciate your time, Jawad. Um, I always like to close these conversations with 
a simple question that I definitely did not include in our <laughs> in our uh, talking points. But um, as I say, as this thing gets a little bit more popular, I think it'll be less of a surprise. But you talked sure. about starting your practice twelve, you know, starting your practice and working as a lawyer in Bangladesh for twelve years, um, coming to Canada sort of quite quickly in 2019, or making decisions in 2019 to come to Canada. Um, now, looking back and having gone through the NCA process and now with your role with Global Lawyers of Canada, I'm curious to hear whether or not you would do this all again if you had the opportunity. I would do this all again, definitely, but I would obviously change a few things about it to make sure that I am where I, like, I am, where, where I am today, I would have been there earlier. Right. So just just to make sure that I achieved a little more, but um, absolutely, I would definitely do do it all over again. And it is exciting. It is exhilarating. It is intellectually stimulating, and I love it. And I love being in Canada. And I'm really lucky to be practicing, or sort of well on my way to practicing law here. Amazing. And I know. I think obviously the global. Um, the global, the internationally trained lawyers that are coming to Canada will benefit from you having more of a presence and, and offer more of a helping hand to them. So, um, Absolutely. Like I'm on LinkedIn and I'm also on Facebook, but LinkedIn, I'm more active on LinkedIn. I'm not so active on Facebook. So if you are, uh, if you are an internationally trained lawyer or if you are a globally minded lawyer from anywhere really interested in Canada or working in Canada at the moment, please do reach out to me. Um, uh, you can find me by my name. Just just look up Sayyid Jawab Kader on LinkedIn, and uh, uh, let me know what what you want or how I can help. I will be very happy to help you or hear from you. Yeah, that's great. Actually, as you were saying that, I um, you know, like I don't know. There's some there's some horror stories of students mm-hmm. in in Canadian uh, law schools or in an American law schools like ripping pages out of textbooks because there's these competitions within students in order to get to the top of the class so you can get the best job. Um, but I, what I'm finding with the internationally trained lawyer community is that it's the opposite of competition. It's sort of how can I help you get to be the most successful you could possibly be? And it's so refreshing to hear that. Um, and I think it's obviously representative of Global Lawyers of Canada, but also other organizations that are basically developed with the sole purpose of helping people get started in the profession rather than trying to keep them down. Um, so it's, it, yeah, it's great. I mean, I, I again, I I, it, yeah. I think it defines us as a community. This is the value that we bring to Canada. You know, we are, we are, we know what adversity feels like. We are mm-hmm. new to a country. We are trying to adapt ourselves and we know the value of a helping hand. Yeah. So uh, this defines us as a community, not just global lawyers of Canada, not just any particular organization. Mm-hmm. So yeah. yeah, agreed, and and that's a great way to end the conversation, Jawad. I really appreciate your time again. You know, on a weekend morning, uh, to take <laughs> some time out to talk to to me and to the listeners. And I mean, you do have a a really active LinkedIn, and I'm going to provide that link in the description of this podcast episode, so everybody has access to it. And again, I hope the listeners learned. And I, again, thank you, Jawad, for for taking part. Thank you so much, Anton, for having me. You know, thank you so much for your time as well. And that does it for episode eight of the NCA series and a shot of life. 
like to thank again Jawad for taking part in the podcast. I mean, what an amazing history as a lawyer um, spanning over 12 years and um, making the move with his family to come to Canada. He's the director of Global Lawyers of Canada, who we've featured consistently across the podcast and um, also a consultant with a commercial dedication firm in Toronto. So certainly got off on the right foot here. Uh, I, I know I, th- I can think I can speak for everybody listening and hoping that um, his journey to accreditation and his call to the bar are successful. And uh, I'm sure we have no doubt that it will be. Thanks again, Jawad. And uh, for the listeners, we'll speak again soon.